What's up, brother? And welcome to the Becoming Kings podcast. I'm Johnny King, and I'm a life enthusiast, growth mentor, and men's lifestyle fulfillment coach. I've dedicated my life to helping men who feel like they're just not living up to their full potential to level up and become the king of their kingdoms. So whether you've been feeling stuck or numb or extremely angry with not living up to your greatest potential in any area of your life, then I'll be in your ears every week dropping some truly transformative episodes to help you become a man that you're proud to be. I'm glad you're here. Let's get to it. What's going on? It's Johnny King. Welcome to another episode of the Becoming Kings podcast. If you can hear some crunching in the background, that's my dog, who always finds the most uh, opportune times to chew on his bone or bring one of his squeaky toys when I'm just starting to record a podcast episode. So rather than trying to uh, control, I'm going to just let it flow. So speaking of, if you are... Uh, an entrepreneur, a businessman, a wannabe entrepreneur, if you've ever thought about starting that business that you've always dreamed of, uh, this episode is for you. If you've listened to uh, more than just this episode, you'll know that I kind of started my first entrepreneurial endeavors in 2010 when I started a gym in St. Louis. And I ultimately owned that for five years. Um, And around 2014 is when it really started to take off. And uh, not only that, well, no, that's not even true. It started to take off in 2012, I should say, 2011, 2012. But my coaching business actually started taking off. Um, And so that allowed me to look at like, okay, I I don't actually have to be, you know, tied to living this, uh, this current lifestyle in St. Louis, Missouri, which is where I was. And it kind of opened up a lot of things for me. And I thought, gosh, if I could live anywhere, um, where would I like to live? And so about three weeks later, <laughs> I moved to, to, to Colorado. And that's not entirely true. I'm, I'm kind of being facetious in the sense that I've always wanted to move out west and fell in love with it during junior high and high school when I was coming out here to go snowboarding and was always telling myself one day, one day. And you know what I actually would often say is like, by this time next year, I'm going to be living in the mountains. I'm going to be, you know, by this time next year, I'm going to have found the woman of my dreams. By this time next year, I'm going to have started my, my, dream, my dream business, you know. That type of mentality, I realize, has uh, allowed me to kick the can down the road. And so the older I get, the more respect I have for like the fear never actually really it it doesn't dissipate it just gets it just changes form it just changes uh size and intensity and the reality is that you just have to start whenever you feel like uh something is really compelling you you just have to go for it right certainly that's a lot easier said than done but when it comes to you know starting something new or going for something that you really desire, but you have a lot of fear, apprehension, a lot of like stumbling blocks, you know, you just have to go for it, right? So um, having said that, I kind of thought that uh, in my mind, I kind of always thought that having my own job or gosh, I'm sorry, having my own business, owning my own business 
would allow me to have flexibility of time, would allow me to, you know, work when I want to work, play when I want to play. Um, and in reality, it's probably uh, required so much more <laughs> effort and time and commitment uh, than a normal quote unquote job. Um, and I've had those corporate jobs. I've had plenty of jobs over the years up till the time that I started my first gym when I was 30 years old. And there was something really nice about the security and the certainty, the predictability of getting a paycheck every other week, uh, to having health benefits, to being able to close down my computer and leave it at the office and not open it and not really think about work-related stuff until Monday morning. And yet I also really suffered from those Sunday night blues where I was like, oh God, another fucking week of this job I just loathe, right? And so I found myself very much living for the weekends and that was certainly killing me inside. So anyways, fast forward to the last couple of years and if you if you are interested in business anyway, in entrepreneurship, um, buying businesses, growing businesses, uh, you know, all, all that stuff, I highly recommend that you follow a gal named Cody Sanchez. I've been following her for the last several years. Um, and you spell her name C-O-D-I-E-S-A-N-C-H-E-Z. Cody spelled with a C. Cody, C-O-D-I-E, Sanchez. Um, she lives in Austin, Texas. And a lot of her stuff is awesome. She recently posted uh, something where she says, waiting for a sign to start that business you've always dreamed of? Keep looking. Here are 14 reasons why you shouldn't start a business. And that kind of caught my eye because uh, after all the stuff that I've heard her talk about and everything else, I mean, I had an inkling as to, to where she was going with this. Uh, this post, but she, you know, she was a big influence on why I ultimately bought a kind of a, a baby boomer type, non-sexy, blue-collar, recession-proof or pandemic-proof business uh, earlier this year, which is an HVAC business. Um, but her post goes on to say, starting a business does not equal freedom and income. Payroll starts before sales do. That's absolutely true. 50% of small businesses fail within the first five years. And when starting a business, uh, what starting a business actually gets you is cold calls, spreadsheet hell, and dealing with employee fights. Now, when I first started my, my initial business, um, that gym, I was subleasing some space. And, and sure enough, you know, I had to put down money at the very beginning of that very first month. And month after month after month, I had to pay my, uh, my lease, my insurance, my advertising costs, uh, a lot of different, you know, money was just kind of flying out the, the window at that point, And I had no members of my gym. And so that's why I really felt like I was going to be <laughs> closed. I really thought I'd be closed. I opened my business. I think it was on like September 13th, if my memory serves me correctly. 2010, and I really thought I'd be closed by Christmas of that same year. Um, and it was nonstop. It was, it was so, so funny. Once I started getting um, members and, and business started to, to thrive, um, you know, and I had 
hundreds of members. <laughs> I remember some members were like, so, so what do you do during the day? Like, do you, do you do anything or do you just, what do you, I'm like, what? And I realized a lot of people, um, who haven't ever owned businesses or been around businesses or entrepreneurship don't really know what all goes into it. I was fortunate to have grown up with a very entrepreneurial father. And, and since I was, uh, probably like seven, eight, uh, when he bought his business, um, when he was probably like my age now, I started working in the the warehouse with him. Uh, well, not with him. I should say for him. <laughs> I was oftentimes in the warehouse by myself, um, doing mailings and sorting, you know, raw material and working on machines. And as I got older, I started working on some of the the robots and the manufacturing equipment and learning how to not really how to, but just kind of being intrigued by some of the plastic injection molding machines that were literally molding uh, like various, uh, what's the word I'm thinking of? <laughs> Products, there you go. Um, and then seeing those in Lowe's and Home Depot, right? It's kind of crazy. So, but I also grew up understanding how much time my father had to put into growing his business, right? And so as she continues to say in this post, she as in Cody Sanchez, she says, starting a business is endless taxes, loans, and begging for money. It makes zero dollars for longer than you can imagine. Founders are paid to do two things, repeat and remind, and they both suck. And then she says, if you just want to, quote unquote, be your own boss, don't start a business. What else does she say here? She says, uh, if you just want to have freedom, you're in for a rude awakening. If you just hate your job, what makes you think you won't hate the job of CEO? <laughs> you're probably better off finding a high paying job, a better job, or a more aligned job. The only reason you should start a business is if you can't sleep for the want of working on your idea 24-7. Startups are primarily for masochists. Uh, what else does she say? Most people don't need to run businesses, but if you have to do that for, crazy, for that crazy thing inside you, then do it. If you just need the cash, uh, buy instead. She says 10,000 boomers, baby boomers, retire every day. 2.3 million U.S. small businesses are owned by baby boomers. And SMBs over 10 years old have a high chance of continued success. Earn profits on day one if you buy the right deal. Buy sometimes is greater than build. And so why I'm going into this is because I was exhausted. I was burned out and I was just, I mean, there's so many different other factors to it, but by the time 2014 came around, right at the heyday of my gyms, like I said, I was running classes of 80 plus people per hour, like one of those mega boot camp gyms. I was so done. I was so tired. And as soon as... <laughs> 
I more or less like finished paying off the like the 40 grand worth of credit card debt that I had gone into in 2010. I lived off of credit cards for about a year. Um, you know those like fancy little checks that you get from Chase Visa. They're like, hey, you can write yourself a check for up to $5,000. And I was like, what? <laughs> okay. <laughs> and granted, I had no income because I had you know quit my corporate job. So over that span of that year and investing in uh, in my business and just living off of it, I, I acquired $40,000 worth of revolving credit card debt. And it took me the better part of the, the following three years to dig myself out of that. You know, And there were definitely times that I just wanted to quit, that I just wanted to roll over and declare bankruptcy uh, like other you know, friends and family members had done. And it just seemed a lot easier. Um, but I was like, no, <laughs> fuck that. I'm in this. I've created this. I've dug myself into this hole. I'm going to dig my way out. But by the time I got out of that hole, I was so exhausted. I was so done. And so by that time, then my coaching business, my online coaching business, helping people lose weight and, you know, various other things started taking off and making more money than my gyms. That's when I decided to hightail it to Colorado. And then it was a year later. And I had, I had already at that point put some key people into some key positions in my business, um, in my gym business. So that it would run without me being, you know, in the state, in town. So I sold it ultimately a year later in 2015. But I was just like, oh. And then after the fact, though, I look back, I'm like, man, that business was was a high profit, uh, a high cash flow generating business. And I didn't even realize what I had created. You know, I probably had three or four grand worth of um, operating expenses. And then I was making 10 to 15 grand a month on just my pre memberships. But I walked away from all of it. I sold it because I just was so done. I had built something from a concept, right, an idea, uh, but with very little help because it was all about me. It was my ego and my lack of self-worth. I had to prove something to myself. And, of course, I had to go through these things to be where I am today. I get that now. But I really struggled to feel like I had anything left to give. And that's why I sold it. So since then, though, uh, running my own personal brand, you know, doing Airbnbs, real estate investing, doing various other things to, to create some passive income, I really was thinking about, okay, what is it that I ultimately, ultimately want? Do I want money? Like, what is money? For me, I just realized it's a tool that allows me to quote unquote purchase or buy time. That my vision for the future involves an abundance of cash money <laughs> so that I can hire a personal chef, a personal trainer, a personal massage therapist, a personal mobility expert, uh, a, did I say personal assistant? An executive assistant, a personal shopper. Uh, what else was I thinking of? Like someone to help me do all the things that I don't really need to be doing. What I really, really want to do, which for me ties directly into my biggest wounding, because my father was so kind of enthralled in growing his business and providing for himself and his wife and five children, my four other siblings and I, and don't forget 
many dogs and many cats and fish and gerbils and snakes and everything else that we had. <laughs> Sports, education, all the things. Um, all I really, really wanted as a child was quality time with my parents. And I guess not surprisingly, one of my top two love languages is quality time. And so the older I've gotten, the more I've realized money is just a tool for me to purchase my time back. So for all the things that I would normally have to spend time on, uh, I want to get to the point where I have so much financial abundance that I can hire other people to do the things that don't necessarily bring me joy. And I can use that time that I would be doing those, you know, grocery shopping or whatever, I can use that time to spend with my future wife and children. To me, that's the, that's the most important thing. Um, and that, like I said, that directly comes out of my, my core, like childhood woundings, you know, for my father, my, my father, you know, grew up very, very poor and his whole kind of wounding was never having the, the financial means. So that was why he was so driven to create financial abundance, right? For me, again, having seen now that financial abundance, if you, you know, you can spend your money wherever you want to spend it, but if you do spend it on a lot of, quote unquote, as rich dad, poor dad, Robert Kiyosaki says, do dads, uh, you know, people can can buy a lot of stuff which help them with their sense of self-worth and their significance and their ego. It makes them feel better and that's and valued and that sort of thing, but it doesn't necessarily give them any more time. If anything, you're trading, you know, potentially your time and your expertise for money to only to, to buy more things only to realize that you now need to go out and make more money, right? So for me personally, I feel like I need less material things uh, and what I want more of is just quality, quality of friendships, quality of love, quality of health, quality of uh, conversations, connection, um, that sort of thing, right? And so I love what Cody Sanchez is talking about here because it's really, really true that, you know, <laughs> buying a business doesn't uh, or starting your own business does not mean what a lot of us, I think, going into it green think it's going to mean. Like, oh, I'm going to be able to be my own boss and I'm going to be able to, you know, uh, take the afternoons off. And I'm able to do that sometimes when I want to because it's taken, you know, 12, 13 years to to create that. Am I anywhere where I will hope to be someday? No, but I am at least able to enjoy the flexibility of like, hey, if I want to go up to Boulder, Colorado to, to ride bikes on an afternoon uh, during the week with my buddy, Rick, or if I want to, you know, get up in the mountains and go snowboarding or skiing because there's a huge storm that just dumped a foot of snow, you know, on a Tuesday or Wednesday, I can do that, right? Um, I don't have to be asking for permission or approval to to take time off. Um, It just has to make sense, right? So I love the idea that uh, money is just a tool and that tool can represent a lot of different things for you, for me, right? And you have to figure out what that's going to really do for you. But for me personally, I I know I have certain gifts and innate traits 
that allow me to be successful at what I do as a business owner, as an entrepreneur. It definitely helps when I have had a, a father uh, and just like entrepreneurship all around me throughout my life. But anyone can learn to be uh, entrepreneurial, even if you are an artist or a manager or a leader. You can certainly learn, and that's why I, I highly recommend you follow Cody Sanchez because I've been learning a shit ton from her, and I follow and I watch the show The Profit. I watch the show Billion Dollar Buyer. I follow, you know I watch Shark Tank. I watch a lot of these things to just get little nuances of how to negotiate or how to um, evaluate different business opportunities and leads, right? What I love about um, buying a business, especially a business that is already cash flowing, which is what I did, compared to building a business when you have no cash flow, right? And it took me close to probably 12 months to be like even breaking even, right? I remember my very first month, excuse me, January of... 2011, that was, you know, a, a month after <laughs> I thought I would be out of business, I'd close my doors. In November, I had um, stumbled upon Groupon and Amazon deals, you know, those daily deals. And I started getting this flood of new, uh, new members coming in. And so January, I remember, was the first month that I made... Uh, positive cash flow, $222, which ironically is my, my quote unquote lucky, I wouldn't say it's my lucky number, uh, but it is my soccer number from high school and college. It's $222. And, uh, from there, obviously then it was like, oh, I made $800 in February. And then in Jan, you know, in March I made $1,200 and, and it just kind of kept in, increasing, you know, growing from there. But I still had to show up every single day. I was still getting up at 3.30 a.m. to show up for a 5.30 a.m. class. Uh, six days a week, I had no social life. I was going to bed at like 8 p.m. Um, I just was trading a lot of my time for, you know, kind of hustling to, to grow my business. So when I came around it to, to thinking about, you know, buying a business this time, I wanted to find a business that actually had cash flow. Because what that allowed me to do was immediately have employees. I immediately had help. I immediately had people who I could hire to, uh, to do things that catered to their strengths and <laughs> helped balance out my areas of weakness. And so having uh, you know, two employees at first, now I've hired on a third, more recently in the last uh, month or so, um, as this business continues to grow, it's interesting to see how with a business that has cash flow, I bought it and from day one, I started taking a salary or a, an owner's distribution, right? I was, of course, paying them salaries as well, right? And I have to get uh, workers' comp insurance. You have to pay rent. You have to pay auto insurance. You have to pay like utilities. You have to pay for... Uh, maintenance on uh, on my vehicles, everything else. Like there's so much, obviously, that immediately when you buy a business, there's so much. Oh, there's my dog coughing up a hairball. Um, there's so much that goes into running a business. Um, but I do feel like for those that you know can can see it and can wrap their heads around it, 
a lot of us spend a lot of time saving and saving and saving and saving and, and working, you know, working a, a nine to five to have enough money to put down on a down payment on a house. And that house is a liability. We always say it's our biggest asset. But if it's taking money out of our pockets, which it is, you know, with a mortgage and utilities and maintenance, upkeep, um, it really is a liability. And that's what Robert Kiyosaki talks about a lot in Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Unless you were to actually, this is what I would recommend, save and save and save and save and buy an investment property, an Airbnb, right? And maybe that Airbnb, you know, kicks off two, three, four, five grand uh, of, of, you know, positive cash flow uh, a month, right? And then you use that and you save and save and save. So you use that money and the money that you were already saving with your job so you can save up even faster for your second investment, right? Very quickly then, you'll have enough positive cash flow from your investment homes for you to quit your job, right? And then you can kind of keep doing the same things, just rinse and repeat until you have built up enough of a, a real estate portfolio to where you can then, you know, either keep it rolling or you can look to diversify, buy a business. But to me, that is what makes more sense because you could actually, as long as, you know, it works for you, you can live in an apartment for much less uh, than oftentimes, not always, depending on the city you're in, for much less than your uh, your mortgage for home. Now here in, in Denver, it's probably actually very similar. I might actually have a, uh, a lesser mortgage than I would be for a an apartment. But what's nice about an apartment is that if anything breaks, which it often does, you just call the landlord. Whereas in, I just sold a, a property in St. Louis of mine last week, and I barely cash flowed on that property. And in fact, if I probably add in all the things that would break uh, throughout the year, you know, like, oh, the, the, the bathtub stopper or the bathtub uh, drain is leaking underneath the bathtub or there's a, there's a leak underneath the toilet or the water heater needs to be replaced. When you add all of those things up, I've actually probably been losing on that property ever since I bought it in 2007, right? So that was not a smart buy, but it was my very first house that I bought. And I just have kept it, you know, with long-term renters in it for quite a while. And so I say that because uh, it was in an area that wouldn't allow short-term rental. And so I decided to liquidate that, get that out of my portfolio so that I can uh, close on another property uh, later on this month, right before the end of 2022 down in Florida, which is right near um, right near Disney. And so I'm either going to flip that because it's a probably appreciated about 125 grand since I put money down on it um, as a new build. It's a new construction. Or if there's a turn of events, I could keep it and rent it out as an Airbnb for people that are Disney goers, right? So I say, uh, as I've heard in a lot of person, personal, uh, what do you call it, personal finance podcasts, you want to um, rent where you live, like your primary residence, you want to rent that. Rent from someone, right? And then purchase investments. Purchase properties that you then can turn into short-term rentals. And you're going to make so much more money that way. That's a great way to kind of starting like your entrepreneur, learn to be entrepreneurial. 
that's a great way to do it. Um, and it requires not a ton of management and upkeep. Uh, for all of my Airbnbs, it's not that much effort, honestly, once you have like systems dialed in. Um, this HVAC business that I bought certainly uh, requires more effort, for sure, and a lot more um, attention. And yet, unlike short-term rental, where you can only make so much money because you only have so many rooms or you have only so many beds and you only have so many nights in a month, you know, that you can rent it out. There's a cap to how much money you can make, right? You could, you could always raise your prices on your average nightly rate, but it's all going to be uh, proportionate to what the, the supply and the demand is in your area, right? With a business like mine, um, I could grow it to be a $10 million business. I mean, that's the, that's the idea in the next five years. Sky's the limit, right? And the amount of cash flow that that can pump off can allow me then to invest in more real estate or more uh, other businesses. But what I do love about that too is once you have enough, um, I feel like, and I think maybe Cody even said this the other day, if you have, I think maybe I saw that one of her reels. I'm kind of looking on Instagram while I'm talking right now. I think she said, if you make more than $75,000 a year and you don't have an assistant of some kind, even if it's like a, a virtual, like part-time assistant, she's like, you are wasting time, you know? And so she highly suggests that, you know, if you make more than 75 grand a year to, to get an assistant. And me, I've had virtual assistants, I've had real assistants, you know, in, <laughs> in person, um, you know, in-town assistants. I've had those assistants over in the Philippines and everywhere else. Um, they've all had their strengths and weaknesses and that sort of thing. But being able to, to hire help and have people support you with all the things that uh, probably aren't the best use of your time is a complete game changer. So think about it. This is what I'm leaving you with. If you had, you know, more than enough money, if you had all the money in the world, what would you do with your money? And thus, what would you do with your time? What is most important for you? What's like the end result that you want? You know, is it to have a, a big house and great cars and watches and, you know, that sort of thing, a plane, a boat? Is it to... um be able to give your kids an amazing education. Maybe it's to travel the world or have multiple homes all around the world, right? Um, maybe it's to, um, like I said, purchase a business. Um, what is it for you? And then to just think about how can you leverage the most precious asset that you have, which is your time, to make the most money that you can <laughs> so that you can then use that money to buy back even more of your time, right? Because if you're doing things that really anyone else could do, then there's people out there who would be more than happy to <laughs> be paid for that, uh, for that service, for that thing that you don't love to do. For instance, like Instacart. Ever since COVID, I have... I think I've probably been in the grocery store maybe three times. Otherwise, I just have, and it usually takes me, what, 10 to, if I'm going to Costco, that'll take me like 20 minutes to get there, right? And if I go to Costco, then not only do I spend twice as much time there, I also spend twice as much money or three times as much money as I was hoping to spend, right? But with Instacart, 
I'm not like lured into buying more things than I need groceries wise, right? I just know exactly what I want and I send it. I pay $10 a month. It gives me free delivery and it just shows up at my doorstep a couple hours later. To me, that is so worth it. That's more or less a, a personal assistant, right? Um, and so you can do it with so many things now with apps, so many things. So anyways, I'm going off on complete tangents, but I want you to, you know, again, these are just some of the things that my mind goes to. It's like, how can I buy back more of my time? Because if I'm doing stuff that I kind of hate, <laughs> I should probably find someone to do those things uh, with someone who loves to do those things, you know? Like, the, it's, it's amazing to me. The things that I hate doing, I have found different amazing people who absolutely love the things that I absolutely hate. <laughs> God bless God and the way that he designed people and the balance of this world that we live in, this human experience. But there's uh, so many amazing people out there that are so gifted and intelligent and fun to work with that would love to do the things that you hate doing. So think about how you can minimize your kind of daily, weekly, your monthly spend. Keep your budget as tight as you can and use everything else to acquire businesses or real estate or other things that kick off more income. And as you kind of grow that kind of income rolling snowball, if you will, you'll be able to acquire and bring on smarter people who are there to then help you <laughs> take, you know, leverage your time, take things off your shoulders, have you feel less stressed, let you continue to do the things that you love to do so you're happier, right? And they're happier because they love to, to help and love to do the things that you hate doing because they love those things. And it's a win-win-win all the way around. So I hope that's of interest to you. Um, <laughs> like I said, I can obviously talk about these, these things forever, but as I mentioned before, go back. Uh, she's almost got half a million followers on Instagram. I think she's probably all over TikTok as well. Uh, Cody Sanchez. Uh, there's a lot of fake profiles out there, but uh, Cody Sanchez, C-O-D-I-E-S-A-N-C-H-E-Z. Uh, she's awesome. She's she's. Uh, I've never met her. I'd like to get her on the podcast someday. I know she's friends with my coach Christine, but uh, yeah. So many, so much good content out there on social media that you can really learn from rather than just having be mind-numbing. Um, she talks about buying laundromats and car washes and so many other things that, uh, that you might be interested in doing. So anyways, thank you for listening. As always, we'll catch up with you on the next episode of the Becoming Kings podcast. I'm Johnny King. I'll talk to you soon. Cheers. That's it for this one, and I want to thank you for listening. Hey, if you got some good ideas from this episode and you want more, please feel free to subscribe to the podcast. And if you think others may benefit from it also, share it on social media and tag me in your post so I can say hey. It would also mean a lot to me if you felt inclined to write a review of the show on Apple Podcasts since I read every single one of them. And if you've got any questions or topics that you'd like to recommend, or really just anything that you think I could improve upon, man, I thrive on constructive feedback. So hit me up with an email at podcast at johnnyking.com. Oh, and feel free to also subscribe to my YouTube channel, 
connect with me on LinkedIn and follow me on Instagram at Johnny King and on Facebook at facebook.com backslash Johnny King Men's Coach. Thanks again for joining me. I'll catch you next time.